You are listening to Aldrin Simpia on SAFM, weekdays 3 to 6 p.m. It's 14 minutes after 5 o'clock in conversation next with Ngabayo Mzikwangwa, who is a UDM member of parliament. So the Reserve Bank governor, Lise Chakanyaho, has defended the investigation by the bank that cleared President Cyril Ramaphosa and Tabanyoni on any wrongdoing in the Parapara saga. Kanyaho was speaking in parliament earlier today. He told MPs today that the 580,000 US dollars stolen from Ramaphosa's farm was handed to the manager at the farm as a security deposit. He says there was no obligation to report to authorities. Ngabomzi Kwangwa now joining us on the line. Ngabomzi, good evening. Thank you so much for making time for us. Um, from the UDM side, the rationale from the Reserve Bank Governor around this investigation and also their interpretation of the Foreign Exchange Control Act of the country. Well, uh, Eldrin, thank you very much. Good afternoon and good afternoon to the SAFM listeners. We have stated it, I stated it on behalf of my party categorically that the, the report is a whitewash. Firstly, the the problem here is that they, they they seem to want to protect the president rather than to deal with the facts. Uh, on the one hand, they are saying the president did nothing wrong. On the other hand, they are not prepared to uh, to release the report and make it public, and they want to treat President uh, Ramaphosa, who saw allegiance to the constitution of the republic and to protect and to uphold its laws, the same way as other people, for example, that they've dealt with the 6,000. The stakes are much higher. You're dealing with the head of state. That's number one. Number two, as a party, we've made it very clear to the Reserve Bank governor, after the general wrote to him on behalf of the party, that we've already applied for for Paya simply because they are refusing to to release the report. Because the challenge, Aldrin, here is that if you are not able to read the report and understand it in its totality, you will not under you will not be able to understand the rationale behind uh, some of the findings that they come up with. Because if we follow the same procedures that they followed and scrutinize their application and understanding of the law, you might. If, for example, they've done it correctly, be able to arrive at the same conclusion. But if you disagree, then you might be able to arrive at a different conclusion altogether. But what the Reserve Bank seeks to want to do is to make us believe that there is nothing wrong with a person who has foreign currency to the value of 580 million US dollars in our country. No one knows how the money came into the country because it was not declared at customs. But also at the same time, all the reasons which have been provided even by the central bank today uh, for any for any uh, one with common sense, they are flimsy at best. I've never heard of a situation, Aldrin, for instance, where a, before the conditions of the sale are met, the person pays the deposit. Is it not the responsibility of the seller to first make sure that all the conditions are met before the deposit is paid? And in the financial system around the world, you pay, you do what you call a bank guarantee. You can't, you can't have a country that has to depend on the conditions of a particular contract as to when people can declare foreign currency. You are creating a banana republic. The law is clear, it's 30 days. Anything beyond that is in violation of that. Now, that's the crux of the matter, and they don't want to deal with that issue. Aldred, imagine if the law is supposed to create minimum standards for all the market players and the role players. You can't have a situation where, say, if I enter into a sale or whatever um, agreement with you, 
which will take 10 years to conclude, I can sit with foreign currency for that same amount of period because it depends on willy-nilly on what we, you and I decide. The law says 30 days. And it can't now change. We can't shift goalposts and apply a very creative interpretation of the law, primarily because the person that we're dealing with happens to be the head of state who is President Sir Ramaphosa. And no one wants to talk about this money laundering concern because even drug dealers are going to say exactly the same thing when they're caught with foreign currency. Then what are we going to say? Yeah, I, I see MoneyWeb is quoting the Reserve Bank governor um, on that particular issue in relation to, to money laundering and the question that was, was asked. He says, uh, let me be clear here that we do not believe that what we have done has got implications for money laundering. It might have, but we dealt with the interpretation of the law with respect to exchange controls. No, well, it says might have. It doesn't believe it has, but it also says it might have. Meaning it knows that there is a probability that what we're dealing with here might be money laundering. Yes, we might have a different institution altogether that would have to actually look into that and consider whether President Ramaphosa and the people involved were trying to launder money. I have also never heard of a situation, Aldrin, where you would buy an item, pay a deposit, but then the sale can be concluded in a couple of years down the line. What would be the purpose? The issue for us here is to say... Well, I guess maybe with major contracts, that's a possibility. But even the question there is, let's say, for instance, an investment contract or a construction project that would, go, that would get underway, is that even if there is a construction project to get underway, if that money is deposited to whoever the contractor is, does that contractor have an obligation to say that this is the foreign currency that we have received, no, the right. product hasn't been not delivered right. yet? Otherwise, if you, are not, if you are going to allow this thing to happen, uh, you are going to have a completely disp different dispensation when it comes to exchange control. A simple matter is, let me give an example. If you come into the country with 200 or $300, the first thing that they do when you want to exchange it because you are to procure foreign currency overseas is to take your passport and check how many days have you been in the country. If you have exceeded 30 days, it's a lot. It's more complicated to even try and be able to exchange $100 with the Forex companies, for example, the Forex institution in the country because they apply the law consistently. And the issue for us is to say, uh, is to say, yes, you have to declare. Yes, the contracts might take a while, but all the steps, how the money came into the country, why the money is, you can't bring 580, uh, 580, sorry, thousand US dollars into the country and the money is not declared, the money is not in the account. Proper transactions where there is no illegality. People would actually use this, the method of bank guarantees to ensure that, because all that the bank confirms when you're about to enter into a sale agreement such as of, of that nature, is that it confirms that the person has enough money into the, in the account for you to be able to actually meet whatever requirements of the contractor. That's how it's done for uh, in the petroleum industry around the continent and around the world. All that people require bank guarantees. There's no need to move money physically into a different uh, jurisdiction altogether and to try and use yeah. a currency that is not even that of, of that country. But just just a quick final one, Ngobiomzi. Uh, did you get the sense at all whether um, the, 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 the Reserve Bank's um, entity, what is it called again, FinServe, whether FinServe in its investigation actually spoke to Mr. Hazim Mustafa? Or what did they base their finding or their version of Mr. Mustafa's account on? Yeah, but the money is in cash. So what, what kind of investigation besides oral evidence that they contacted? 
I mean, the whole thing is nonsense because what, oral was evidence. There, was there a version from uh, Mr. Mustafa that they received? From Mr. Mustafa, uh, there was an explanation from the from the Reserve Bank governor earlier, but the question we had to ask was, what if 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 it, the, the transaction itself was not electronic, it was not detected when it came in? What kind of investigation? What is the credibility of that investigation apart from it relying on oral evidence? When we're talking about money, we should have reflected in the financial system. These are issues that we are, we are grappling with and we have a problem with. So now it becomes hearsay evidence without them being able to detect the transaction. Because I think the, the central bank governor did make the, a disclaimer to say since the money uh, has never been recorded on the system, this is the model that then FinCEV had to follow in trying to establish as to what was happening. But did they make contact with a Mr. Mustafa? I think... I, I can't remember whether he said they did, but I think he did mention... Uh, he speaks about some... a version, and that version sounds similar to the version that has been given uh, by the public protector. But I'm not too sure whether they have actually spoken to Mr. Mustafa, the person That's who broke saying, the law I, in the first place by bringing in money to the country and not yeah, declaring yeah, yeah. it. No, 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 that's what I'm saying. I don't want to speak yeah. on their behalf. We did okay. not state that explicitly. It was not clear for us. And we said, we're even saying the role of FinServe was limited in the sense that we were dealing with hard cash and not money that reflected anywhere in the financial system. Okay, thank you so much for your time. Ngaboyom Zikwangwa there, who is a member of parliament, uh, who is with the UDM.